This is Pragmatic, a weekly discussion show contemplating the practical application of technology. Exploring the real-world trade-offs, we look at how great ideas are transformed into products and services that can change our lives. Nothing is as simple as it seems. I'm Ben Alexander, and my co-host is John Chigi. How you doing, John? I'm doing very good. How you doing, Ben? Doing well. Awesome. Today, I would like to have a discussion regarding design reviews. And I wrote about this a few months ago on Tech Distortion, and the article is called Design Reviews in Name Only. But it's something that sort of came to the forefront more recently in the last few weeks before I went on to Christmas holidays break, which is what we're I'm on now, and uh, which I have another week of, thankfully. And it's something that I think is worth uh, fleshing out a little bit because one of the things that I see is a lot of people approaching design reviews with some very different expectations. And there's, uh, I, think there's, I think there's something to be explored there. So I just want to start with the, the, the basic, perhaps obvious, is it obvious? Maybe it is. Is if you design something for yourself alone without any peer review influence or discussion, then that's incredibly dangerous because what you'll end up with is something that's essentially only useful specifically to you. I mean, it may be useful to other people, but it can become very difficult for other people to understand how it works, understand how how to use it. And that's the sort of thing that is very dangerous. So designing completely for yourself alone, yeah, is is it I wouldn't say it's impossible, but Honestly, I do, I do question the point. So I guess a, a simple example might be uh, if there is no intention for anyone to use it. Let's, let's say a simplistic example. If I'm, building a, if I'm a hermit and I'm building a wheelbarrow, who cares, right? I'm the only one that's ever going to see it. I'm the only one that's ever going to use it. If I've got to you know, do a handstand when I'm using it to make it work, then who cares, right? But obviously, we need to exclude that kind of thing from the discussion. So let's just assume... For the, for the purposes of this discussion, that someone other than the person doing the development or the design is going to have some say or influence or comment on what we're doing. And hence, irrespective of what kind of commentary that is, it's a design review. And how this applies to everyone else is if you write words on the internet, if you have a blog, if you, you know, write software, if you, you know, in engineering, if you do an electrical design or if you do a civil architectural design or anything like that, it's going to have to be reviewed by somebody at some point. Or someone will look at it and they will give you their thoughts and their feedback. So, when we're designing something like software, for example, we'll go out to people and uh, do beta testing. And beta testing is essentially a design review. It's uh, getting feedback, but it's, it's solicited, requested feedback from individuals. And one of the things that I found when I was developing for, the, uh, for iOS many years ago is that a lot of how effective that is comes back to who is selected to be on your beta testing list. So in engineering as a parallel, though, a customer will come to you and say, I want you to design this for me. And the customer will say, I'm going to have a representative from, from us. They're going to look at this product that you're designing for me. And I don't want to keep my eyes shut for six months while you design it. I'm going to ask for a review when you think you're about 30% done. 60% done, and then when you think you're fully complete. And I'm going to review it at each one of those milestones. And often in big contracts, they will tie uh, financial incentives to that. So they'll say, let's say your whole project's worth $100,000. Well, they may tie up thirty grand on the 30%, another thirty grand on the 60%, and the remaining forty grand on the final design, let's say. So there's a financial incentive to get through those design reviews. But when you're a person writing a, a, a bit of code or an app for somebody, what you're trying to do is, well, essentially what you have is you have complete control. So you can uh, say, I pick and choose you, you and you specifically to be on my review team. And one of the tendencies, one of the difficulties I see is that a lot of people say, well, they will just get all their mates to review and I think that's a bit dangerous because just because your mates doesn't mean that they're going to be good reviewers. So some people that do beta testing, I, I, I put out my app to these people and I'd never hear from them. 
it'd be just silence. I'd say, oh, I've had a chance to install it. Yep. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. Love it. That's it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Great. Good. Valuable feedback. And then, of course, you'd have the other end of the spectrum where you would get uh, the people that say, well, you know, I really don't like the shade of blue you used in the top right-hand corner. And you're like, okay, try and keep an open mind. Is that going to affect the usability? I mean, how does it affect the usability for you? Well, I just don't like it. I just don't like the way that it flows, how it feels. It's just, yeah, you need to work on this. The font's not quite right. You know. And a whole litany of feedback, which you could argue is kind of valuable, sort of, but in many respects, is that really what you're asking for? Right. And the thing that I think a lot of people, the, what I bring to that discussion is I've been through the ring of that many times in design reviews and engineering that I tried to apply some of that to when I was doing beta testing of my iOS app. So I would say, well, I'm specifically looking for feedback on this feature. So I would like you to please try the following. And you tend to do it as a, sorry, I tended to do it as an incremental set of, set of beta releases. So I'd say, I'm working on this functionality. Get that down, Pat. And then I would add the next bit of functionality and say, okay, now I'm going to work on that. But in the end, you can't stop people from coming back to you with random feedback. You know, and in many respects, you probably don't want to, but it does slow you down. And there's a lot of, no and there can be a lot of noise. So when you go into an engineering review, you'll, the, you, you have to set boundaries. You say, okay, well, this is an electrical design review. I'm not going to sit here and discuss safety systems with you. I'm not going to sit here and discuss the mechanical or the civil components because they're nothing to do with me. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the thickness of the material on the switchboard. I'm not, not interested in that. I'm only interested in the electrical design as in, you know, what size the circuit breakers are, where the different switchboards are going to be physically located approximately, how we're going to use the control system to do what we're going to do. You have to set boundaries. And I think that if you don't set boundaries, then people just feel free to give you whatever feedback they think is relevant. Right. Now, you've been in an environment where... You've been through design reviews as well. So many. What do you? Yes, yeah. So, <clears throat> what? Can you give me some examples of some of your experiences? Yeah, let's, let me uh, switch my coffee to scotch here. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, not that not that you asked, but I'm drinking water. Water. <laughs> um, oh, that's there's an in joke for you. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm in total agreement. I'm actually a little curious. So, it, in the example you just gave, um, this is an, you know, an electrical engineering design review. W will you receive completely subjective, um, you know, essentially the same kind of things, the same kind of argument as, "Oh, I don't really like that shade of blue," or could you make the font a little bigger? Will you you receive the same sort of of nonsensical non-review? I'd hate to call them nonsensical. I believe everyone's opinion is valuable at some level. Um, yeah, I am actually kind of serious when I say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. But yes, you will get that. I, I remember doing a design review for, I think we're doing 35% design review for a telemetry system up in North Queensland. And we went into the review and it was actually about the radio paths and the radio links. And the discussion of construction safety came up because the area was in a cavern, well, not a cavern, a, a ravine. And the ravine had very, very steep sides with loose rocks that under, you know, rainy conditions, you know, rocks and even boulders would, would tumble down the side of the hill and cause damage. And if someone was standing there, injury or death. And this came up while we were trying to talk about radio parts. And the two are completely disconnected it's there's no bearing on on safety when you're trying to say okay well look you know the path from here to here's got a fade margin of this and you know let's talk about the frontal zone here and blah, blah 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 and none of that had any bearing on on the, the safety aspects of the practical side of installing it and unfortunately the, the whole discussion got derailed that's just one of a hundred examples where where people that come to the reviews uh, you have to set expectations when you walk in and say we are going to discuss the following the rest is off limits well and i've had mm, sorry I, I i guess that's you know 
maybe nonsensical wasn't the right word to use, but I, I, I think they can actually be um, damaging and inherently, you know, of of negative value because you have a limited amount of time and often a limited window of opportunity with the decision makers who are often the ones providing the feedback from non unnamed um uh non-present third parties can you tell i was a web designer uh yeah right i mean and and as your as your field of work gets you know either more technical or more um uh i guess what's the word structured you know whereas you're as you're dealing with more and more standardized systems uh i i imagine that's going to fade into the background but when you're out on the you know the fringe you know the the more uh you know direct to consumer marketing kind of stuff anything like that where literally some someone's uneducated opinion can outrank hard data simply based on the whims of of again some decision maker who's oftentimes not in a position to to make the decision it it puts the onus on the designer to learn how to run the review in a way that actually leads to a good outcome. And that good outcome, unfortunately for the designer also means, you know, usually means that you have to kind of kill your own ego and, and play the game to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really challenging. And I think setting those, setting those barriers for what's going to be talked about and setting those expectations early on and reinforcing them is is really important and maybe the most important thing you do um in working with a client because it'll i've seen things go off the rail and i've seen things work beautifully as a result so yeah it's interesting yeah it's it it's often overlooked is a lot of people will simply say with 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 a bit of software they'll put it out there and they'll say hey tell me what you think and that sort of carte blanche for people to come back with absolutely anything and everything. Now, maybe what you're doing is straightforward enough that that's okay. I don't know. But even when I was doing my, you know, crummy little bedside clock, which I'm happy to call it that, um, even that had enough complexity to it that I didn't dare say that. Right. The, the bottom line was that I wanted to test specific functionality. And it was something that restricting the sort of feedback I was prepared to, well, I was interested in receiving because you yeah. can't you can't force other people. Like you, I can go in into any meeting or on any forum and say, guys, I only want feedback about the font, and they'll come back with feedback in other areas. I can't control what other people are going to give me feedback on, but what I can do is I can say, well, look, I, I'll take that on board, but. I'm only going to be taking your feedback on the fonts for the moment because that's our critical issue that we're trying to try to address. So you can at least be diplomatic about it and you can take it under advisement and say, okay, well, look, I'll park your other suggestions in the the parking lot over here and we'll come back to that later. I think because if, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I I think a lot of it, it again, also comes down to who you're picking to do it. And as you kind of alluded to at the beginning and also, I, I like your suggestion of sort of pr- providing uh, focused areas for review because I'm thinking about the the and the generally bad job I've done of being a beta tester for for people for making iOS apps and I think that one of the big reasons why is is that I mean there's two sides is one I've never been given a you know here's the here's the app here's what we've done with it recently and here's the kind of use case I think you should use it for to try to see you know like there i'm missing that that third part of the you know the third leg of the stool as to what really are you looking for me to do with this because if i have that then i can really latch on and i'll sink my teeth into it but um you know with with the apps that i've i've reviewed it's basically been hey these are pretty good and i (laughs) what'll happen for me is i'll see little things and they'll be so little that I'll assume someone else is going to catch them, right? And it's just boring to me. It's not interested in it. But if I was given like a particular task, a particular workflow to go through where there's that that kind of pit bull mind, right? Where you start just grabbing onto everything and you don't let go. Uh, triggering that is where you would get any any of the value out of having me in your beta test would be getting, you know, getting you to run through something where... I can really, really zoom in on it, but um, 
because th- that's and I think that comes from the experience I've had uh, on the other side of the table and having to, you know, working in the web, working with situations where you're trying to get people to go through these very complex series of steps to do the thing you want them to do, which is oftentimes give you money. And that there's that understanding there that everything on this thing, you know, everything we're doing here has to have some, you know, pragmatic uh, reason, right? There's a reason we're trying to do these things and just having a pretty thing to look at or play with or to feel good that, Hey, I'm inside this club as I'm a beta tester and my opinion is valued. Like that's a, that's a different part of your brain. And I want to turn that part off when I'm, when I'm testing stuff. Uh, Absolutely. And I think the bottom line is that you need to consider two, two pieces of this. And that is that the person that is doing the design, they are giving you an opportunity and the person that is actually reviewing the design uh, also has an opportunity to give meaningful, useful feedback. And those responsibilities shouldn't be taken lightly. And if they're going to be taken lightly by either party, you're not going to have a good result. So in the end, a design review is only as useful as the commitment of the people reviewing it. And it's also only as useful as the designer who is submitting it for review. They have to be receptive to the feedback. And the wheels fall off for so many reasons. And I guess... Uh, I've heard it all about the different the different angles and perspectives that I'm talking about. Like, for example, just restricting, like starting by restricting the number of people. So you say, you know what, I'm going to pick a number, you know, five, 10, 20, whatever the number might be. That's sort of going to vary depending upon a whole bunch of different factors. But if you can, sometimes you can fix it and sometimes you can't. But in, in larger engineering projects, for example, you may say to the client, well, we want no more than two representatives or you know, we'd rather just one representative. And sometimes they'll send one from each department. No, there's five departments, by the way. Uh, or they'll send you know, a manager of one department, a manager of another department, and then a couple of engineers. So you get a mixture of technical and non-technical. If you can restrict it, you know, and when you're doing beta testing, you can say, well, I only want two people that are actual web designers. I don't want 10 web designers yeah. and one programmer. I just want two web designers and I want two, two programmers and try and, you know, two general users, perhaps, I don't know how you want to classify people, but trying to set some limits on it because, you know, getting back to that limits discussion, but you, if you restrict the number of people attending, on the one hand, you'll get people say, well, you're you're not interested in, in feedback from from a greater audience. You know, you're trying to be very restrictive and therefore you're not really all that interested in having a wide variety of feedback. And, you know, however, the, the flip side of that is, of course, no, you're actually being selective. You're being um, very, very thoughtful about who you're going to ask and you're going to make sure that you've got a, a much sharper focus on the sorts of feedback that you're trying to get. I prefer to think of it that way, but I've had clients come back to me and say, you know what, you can't restrict the number of people that we send and we're going to send as many as we like. And I, it's like hands up in the air, hey, you know, you got some, you know, all the money, but I just, you know, here's why I advise against it and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But I still think it's the right approach to try and limit the number of people. Right. Yeah, so, well, and, you know, if you're yeah. releasing an app to the store, if you're, selling a product on the shelf. I mean, eventually the design review is the one that involves a cash register. Uh, oh, sure. And you're going to, you're going to hit that point anyway. So you have to decide if you want to hit it potentially prematurely. Um, that's, I think that's, you know, one of the things that goes wrong with the beta testing phase is you're either easier timing it wrong. You're actually still in a phase that's, that's closer to alpha or you're, essentially the point where you should be shipping something already. And I think, you know, I think timing that right, it's, it's might be more art than science, but I think it's really important. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely, both about getting the timing right and the fact that it's an art form. Absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of talk about a minimum viable product and understanding what a minimal viable design is, whether it's a product or a design. If the design is your product, then there you have it. But, you know, you have to have a minimum viable design and you have to say, okay, well, I draw the line in the sand here. This is my list of features that we intend to support. Once my once my product uh, or design meets that list of, of requirements, then I am essentially done. Everything after that is 
additional. Mm-hmm. And in, in contractual terms, you could say, okay, here's a, here's my design basis and anything beyond this represents a variation. In other words, you want more, it's going to cost more. So there's always that, that, that that's critical when you're doing design to understand that. But one of the other things that I didn't talk about, I don't think explicitly, is it's not just restricting the number of people. I think I kind of mentioned that you also want to restrict the experience of people that attend. So you want to focus on specific, let's say you want people that have got experience with UI design. You only might want two or three of those, but you want the ones that have been around for, you know, been doing this for 20 years. You know, someone that's got experience on multiple platforms, let's say. You know, from a, from a client, I might say, well, look, I'm, this is an electrical engineering design. I want to have at least one person who represents you who is an electrical engineer that understands what they're looking at so that I get meaningful feedback. And that's the key is you want to restrict that. Uh, for for the specific areas you want reviewed or need to have reviewed, and honestly, um, the, you know, the cynic can say, "Well, I can handpick people that I know are just going to nod." And I've actually come, I've actually worked on jobs where that was the case, where people have said, "Oh, we really like working with such and such from the client because they just nod their head and agree to anything because they've got some unrelated background and they just look at it and they go, oh, wow, that looks like a nice design, nod, nod, sign off. You know, and it, I mean, that leads to a bad result. Not that I'm suggesting that we would ever take advantage of that, but the bottom line is that it, it, that can happen. Right. There's, there's such a thing as being too easy. Uh, you, you need to pick people that are appropriate and people that have got relevant experience. Otherwise, the feedback you're going to get is you know, not going to be very good. Well, so, I, I like the, you know, one of the, some of the methods that come from, uh, what the the jobs to be done framework where you're doing these these rather long pretty detailed interviews of people as to why they bought certain products why they made certain decisions i after doing a number of those um i found that that can be you know taking some of those those techniques and applying them to the design phase can be pretty useful too it just it it requires some pretty and it's a lot more intense right you need to actually be present usually and you're you're oftentimes um, lying. You're you're misdirecting people to getting them to think they're doing one thing, and in fact, you're looking for their reaction, their uh, their physical behavior. You're you're you know you're trying to read the person um, yeah, more right. than the problem, and that can it can provide you a lot of insight to things that you're gonna miss if someone has to come back. For you to you with you know maybe a, a, a typed up punch list of problems or you're talking over the phone um and i think you know we, you can all kind of just picture it in your head you know you're sitting down with a client and you've got a couple designers sitting behind them you know maybe it's, it's again just my own background maybe it's a, a visual design on a screen and you see the person mousing around and completely missing your amazing navigational design or or completely avoiding like this one beautiful thing you thought that you did such a good job with uh it can highlight where you've over focused and where you've you know kind of put on the blinders um and it, yeah the longer you work on something that's the risk isn't right. it because you you get so drawn into it and it's like well obviously they're going to click on this and sla- you know tap on that and slide on this and well and they're obviously going to use the control system this way and then you put it in front of them and that's not what they do at all yeah. and <laughs> so obviously you need to have a sprinkling of zero experience or rather minimal experience in in the review in your reviews as well. So it's not it's not just I only want technical expertise, I also need a mixture of people that have none. So it, 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 what I'm the point is is you need to think about it rather than just randomly say whoever. Right. In some cases in some cases, you don't get a choice. Some some cases, you know, the client will simply say, "You know what? I'm sending, um, you know, Fred, Sandra, and 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 Tim, and that's it." And you don't know who they are, and they just show up, and sometimes they don't show up. <laughs> you know, right. so what can you do? But anyway, so one of the approaches that I've seen with mixed success is the concept of a minimal or closed review during early development stages. So some people call it like an internal review or a peer review. And the concept is that if you're developing a design for something or anything, you don't go out to a beta test essentially. You don't go out to a wider audience for their design feedback because you're still trying to hammer down exactly what you want this this design to consist of. 
And that can be very invaluable because it cuts out a lot of the, the noise and the static and the overhead of going out to a wider audience too early. And having just extolled the virtues of it, I've also copped a great deal of flack about it as well because there's also another school of thought that says, well, if you're not giving us an opportunity to review at 30% or 20% or 25%, does that mean you've got something to hide? I mean, why aren't you being more open with your design? Yeah, we, we, we want, we're, we're paying for this. Why can't we review this anytime we feel like? And it's, it's a difficult line to walk, but if you can pull it off and you have an understanding client or if you have control of your project, then I highly recommend that before you go out to a full-blown beta test. And I think that's sort of the concept behind an alpha and a beta. Although, you know, thank you, Google, right. you know, for screwing up the definition of, of what the hell an alpha and a beta is. Since is Gmail still beta? No, not anymore. Uh, I think, and I think finally. is Siri still beta? I think it's not. I don't think it's actually, no, it's not beta anymore. But I mean, those things were out in mass use for years right. by, by millions of people. Are we up to millions? Yes, millions of people. <laughs> I think so. I think we've hit millions. <laughs> millions of people. And and what did they do? Yeah, you know, they called it a beta. I mean, how dare they? Come on. Were, they, were, were, were Apple really soliciting feedback on Siri? Were they really? I mean, they weren't. Not really. You it know, wasn't a design review. It, it, it's funny. It's not funny. It's it's tragic. But I, I worked yeah. on a project a few years ago, and that and that actually was a problem. We it was you know. Uh, a few other developers and I were talking to the business guys, right? And when we were saying we're going to do some beta testing, we're, you know, we're thinking beta testing. And these guys were thinking essentially, you know, Google style limited release uh, or unlimited release or whatever it means, right? It, it just means, hey, it might break, but you're still going to pay us money. Like, uh, I, and I think it really did distort the, that, that phrase to the point where it's just, it's meaningless anymore like design itself. Yeah, well, that's another good point. But yeah, absolutely. And I think that the di the dilution of the terminology does not help the definition when you're trying to educate new and upcoming designers and engineers on the right way to do things. In, in, irrespective, you know, whatever you would choose to call a rose, you know, it doesn't right. matter. It's still going to be a rose. So the point is that you want to call them alpha or beta, whatever they may mean. What I mean is a limited, essentially a closed review amongst your close peers in very small numbers up front. Call that an alpha release, if you will. And right. then a larger scale beta release to a larger audience only when you're ready before you go public. And that kind of correlates with design reviews done at 30, uh, you know, 60 and 100% right. design. Of course, the definition of what a thirty percent design is is hotly debated. So I've been <laughs> I've been through that before. I've had people swear at me black and blue. That's not a thirty percent design. You're missing blah blah blah. And I'm <laughs> like, uh, here we go again. Anyway, so I think that there's a couple of general rules that we can follow. But I think the way we need to address it is looking at from from both perspectives. So from the first of all, from the perspective of the designer. So. I don't think you should ever call a design review or release anything for a beta until you've got a design that's got an agreed level of completeness. Like you're happy with yourself that your design is complete enough that it could actually sustain a review. Mm -hmm. If you're going into a review and saying, yeah, it, it's kind of like what I got the back off of, uh, of a Wheaties box and you know, it's sort of subject to change without notice, you know, insert disclaimer here. Why, why are you circulating that for review? This is a waste of everyone's time. You've got to have something relatively solid before it goes out to anybody. So I think definitely that's critical. Start with that. Go through it thoroughly yourself first and, you know, and make sure that yeah, you're happy with it, that it's solid before you go out for anyone else's review. So when you invite people to do a review, make sure you get people who've got knowledge about what you're actually doing. It, it, it may sound simple, but you'd be surprised how often that's not the case. And when you invite people, be clear in the invitation that you're trying to so keep keep numbers down. It's like you're specifically wanting them, and you say, "I just you know," because what can happen is you get this sort of um, branching thing happen, yeah, you know, where oh, my mate Bob has it, and Bob has a friend Steve who's really into this sort of thing and really wants to look at it, right. and it, it may sound weird. 
but it does happen. And even yeah, you'll engineering end up with, projects, the whole company. Like, well, yeah, I had this engineering projects yep. too. <laughs> engineering. It's project, like, oh, wow. Michael was walking past the desk and he said, "Oh, I've always been interested in the control system for blah, or the electrical design for this, or I've got a background. I've 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 tightened a screw once. I know about screwdrivers. So you know." <laughs> And before you know it, you've got a cast of 50 people in your design review. Well, which is when so, you realize, or you should, the sooner you realize it, the better is that what you're doing is theater um, to, oh, a, to a large yeah. degree. And, oh, and you yeah. should start to use the techniques of the stage to do the right thing, which I have a couple <laughs> I'll ask you about. Well, actually, let me, let me so yeah, right. here, here's my, my own personal thing I found is, is sure. um, one, of, one of the, the like, my fundamental laws of doing these is, is to don't ever bring a design that you you know whatever the worst design you bring is that is the one the client's going to choose that's the one the client's going to uh navigate for or to, to gravitate towards so only ever bring one bring the one that you you know bring the version the the vision that you feel is absolutely the best because if you can't if you're not to a point where you can't make that decision yet where you can't edit out those other options, then you're honestly not in a position where you should be leading a design team, right? You need to, you need to start out with this position of power and, and direction, not power uh, with leadership. Otherwise yes. you're going to lose control of the ship like that. It's going to happen yep. so quickly that you won't even recognize it, but you will no longer be the lead designer. Someone else will be the lead designer. And I've actually seen it. I've seen it happen in a clause of a sentence it's, it happens so quickly it's just like some person has a rebuttal it's not even a complete sentence and suddenly everyone's looking at them and they're like oh really <laughs> yep that's it it's it's terrible and and especially when you've been told you need to deliver on this you are the lead and you're like okay sure here's what i want to do and yeah anyway look, i totally hear what you're saying and it has happened oh dear okay All right. so um I just want to keep going through that list. We'll yep. just so when you do have a design review whereby you're going to have a a meeting afterwards or a collation, and and the thing is that this is less common in 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 the internet these days because most of the beta testing is done in different locations. But in the case, and it's a smaller company, and there's a peer review, and you're in the same building, same software company in a building, or you know an engineering company in a building, or your client is across town. You know, having a physical meeting in a meeting room is far better than individual solicited comments because it gives everyone in the room an opportunity to say, okay, well, Bob and and Susan had the following feedback. Back, therefore, you know, there's overlap in their comments, uh, comments, and therefore we can address both of their comments at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that sort of review meeting is is you know essential wherever you, when you, whenever you can get it, it's it's really really good. Otherwise, you're dealing with everything piecemeal. Now you deal with the piecemeal, there's a lot more work for you as a designer. So, and that, that's reality for a lot of people doing software development. I, I understand uh, because the, you know the internet is a is a big place. So. But if you are going to do that, you have to make sure you circulate your design for review and leave a reasonable amount of time for people to actually review it before they come to the meeting. How many times have people put things out the day before and then expected a complete review on the day? And some people will say, oh, that's just a tactic to get people to not review it and simply it'll slide through on it not being reviewed, Mm -hmm. which is terrible to say, but I've seen people do that as a strategy and it's just sickening. So anyway... Um, if you are having a review meeting in a room, organize someone to take minutes for you that's knowledgeable on the subject. Don't you, the designer, damn well do it if you have a choice because you need to be concentrating on what's going on. By the same token, the minute taker needs to <laughs> know what's going on. You can't just have someone yeah. that has no idea. You know, like I, I remember once I was told, here, bring, a, bring one of the administrative assistants in. And it's like, okay, uh, and as fantastic as she was, as yeah. a greater typist as she was, she was fast really fast and you know she's very switched on but you know if we go talking about you know the the fault current on you know the main bus bar of switchboard you know 2c she's going to look at and type down her best approximation of what on earth that means but unless you have some knowledge of the subject you know you're you're bound to not get it right so you find that then that becomes additional overhead for you 
when you finish the design review, you've got to go back over their notes and correct them and, and polish them up. So I would want if you that, are going to have them. Yeah, that minute taker should be the, one of the most senior people in the room. Yes. In fact, I've, I've actually seen that work quite well, where, whereby the senior engineer is actually sitting in the room doing a lot of the, uh, the, the, the well, you know what I mean, the note taking, right. the minute taking, but they're also there as, a, for, as an advisor as well. Right. And the junior engineer takes the lead on the design. I mean, that's part of their training, right? You yeah. do that. And I can't see why that would be any different in any other profession. It makes sense to me. Well, I, I, but, I think of the, well, you think of the flip side of the, the, how easy it is to let a, a really important thing slip, right? Because you just, you slightly misunderstood the, the syntax or the, the context of a, a discussion point, because, you know, in any complex system, there's going to be things that you just simply are not going to have uh, a complete grasp on yourself as, as a lead, right? You're going to be delegating authority to other people. And if, if you miss something that has like a, a, a domino effect onto other parts of the project, uh, Bad news, right? I mean, it's it's just you want someone who's had lots of experience who can see those problems coming. Yeah, absolutely right. So um, the other thing is, of course, that whenever you do get feedback, you, ha- you do have to acknowledge and accept all feedback. You cannot say anything like, bugger off, I'm not interested. And even if you feel that way, even if the feedback is not constructive, even if the feedback is off topic, you, you you simply can't do that because as soon as you do that, especially in an open environment, you shut down everybody. Everyone realizes, oh, well, this person's not really interested in improving the design. They're not interested in my feedback, so I'm not going to give them feedback. Or in some cases, it can go the other way. I'm going to now be even harsher in my criticism. I'm going to, you know, really stick it to this guy because he's not interested, so I'm going to make sure I'm going to make him interested, you know. It's just you, you need to – you're putting this design out there for the world to see. You have to be prepared to accept feedback. And the funny thing is that sentiment applies to a lot of things that we put out there. If you have a blog, if you do a podcast, if you put anything out there in the world, you have to expect if people are going to read it, then you're going to get feedback. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just – that's reality. So the next thing is to progress through the design in a methodical way. Solicit your feedback on – a section or a functional area at a time. So if you're, desu- if you're doing a bedside clock, for example, then it has an alarm functionality. So you test the alarm functionality. If you've, you, you do that as a separate item. And then if you want to talk about how you adjust the size of the time on the front or the, dis- the, the structure of the time on the front, then you, on the main display, then you, that would be a separate discussion point. So you've got to be methodical about it because, and once you deal with a section, deal with it, it's done and don't come back to it because you've had an opportunity to get feedback on that section. Don't keep going back over it. And otherwise you just end up with a, a circular drawn out review that ends up taking two or three times longer than it should. Mm-hmm. And would argue that a lot of the feedback that you then incorporate is going to be less useful. Ultimately, People are giving you their time and time is, time is valuable, time is precious for all sorts of different reasons in a work environment and in a personal environment. Whatever time we choose to spend doing what we choose to spend it on means less time doing other things. So you have to respect everyone's time that's attending. It's not just your time and just because you're doing the design or the programming or whatever, it's not, yours is not, just, it's not more valuable or less valuable than anyone else's. It's just as valuable as everyone else in that review meeting. Everyone that's beta testing your product, their time is valuable to them, and you need to respect that and appreciate that. If you're going to have a long meeting, if you're in a meeting situation, then just please, God, have regular breaks. Not everyone has the bladder the size of a massive balloon. you know. And the other problem is, of course, people sort of tend to drift in their concentration. So the longer you go between breaks, the harder it is for people to concentrate. Yeah, if you've got a choice, I find that um, a bowl of mints or, or lollies and something in the center of the table actually keeps the blood sugar up of the people that have them anyway. Mints are a good one because they also, then you get the benefit of any of the smelly breath. is less smelly <laughs> breath then. So when they talk, it's not so bad. Anyway, uh, because low blood sugar will affect concentration. But anyway, that's just a little, just a little tip if you've got a, a real-world meeting that you're dealing with. That's what I found anyway. So that, as the designer, that, that's my list. Do you have anything you would add to that? You, you want to make everyone feel involved. Um, and I think it's the way to 
to avoid having to dismiss not dismissed to, to avoid having to to make people feel bad if their comments essentially are are not out of line but but not particularly useful or germane to the conversation um because that happens and it can have really bad effects um given the the internal politics of the people you're working with and i mean i guess kind of a sort of a made up example of that would be um you know, let's say you're developing an app for a restaurant. I don't know why you'd be doing that, but let's say you are. And the you know, and while you're in this meeting going over with the with the owners of the restaurant or the you know, whatever. Insert the specifics as appropriate. You've found that the single biggest obstacle to you making progress through this this uh this design, this application, what you're developing is the, uh, oh, I don't know, say the internal IT guy, because um, that would never happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, how, you know, how do you, how do you bring these people on board in a way that a doesn't give up control? Um, because again, if you're giving it up, then well, you know, you're not in charge of anything anyways, and why are you worried about it? And and B, how do you make this person feel good about, you know, them giving up their bit of control or oftentimes their bit of perceived control and figuring out a way that there can be a, a role that every everybody plays in the process? Because it really is. I mean, I, I wasn't really joking at all when I was saying it's theater. It's it's you're you're doing one thing and it looks like something else to a lot of people. and. For a lot of people, it's this fun, um, sort of exciting break from their daily activities. And to you, it's part of the job, right? It's just something that yeah, you're, you're doing. To them, this is special. And it should feel special. And coming away from it, they should feel special. And it's 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 tricky. And it could be as little, it could, you know, you have to, it's, it's about no understanding people. And it's about empathy. I mean, it, it is... It is the, the kind of the meta discussion of what's, what design is all about is you need to design this experience for each of these people going through it so that they come away feeling good about it. Because you might, you know, who knows, maybe you're in a situation where, yeah, everyone is getting invited and one of the people getting invited is uh, the secretary and you're rude to the secretary. And now, for some reason, man, all your calls, they just don't go through right. Um, and your bills <laughs> Never don't, ever and, be rude right, and your to bills, the secretary. Exactly. I mean, but that's that's... Those are the kind of rookie mistakes people will make. They'll they'll uh, yeah. shoot something down that uh, in a way that's just particularly unkind. And if you don't know who you're doing that to, uh, and it's not even that. It's not even about being rude. It's just you know identifying what are all the potential gains we can get from this situation, and they might not be what it says on on the on the memo that we just passed around. What are we trying to do here? And that's which I guess really broad and vague. But it, it really is to go into these things thinking about it like it's uh, like it's a performance and to really put because, you know, if if what you're suggesting, the, the 30, 60, uh, you know, kickoff meeting, you're these kind of three big milestones, whatever your deliverables are and whatever your your specification is. I mean, it could very well be just simply that 30 is when you've run out of the first 30 percent of money. You know, the 60s when yeah. you've run out of the next. That's often how things seem to work out. Uh that whatever these things are, you need to make them really punch because these are their, this is their experience of working with you. Uh, the rest of it is all, it doesn't mean anything. All the hours and all your sweat, all the care and time you put into it, no one cares. It doesn't matter. This is their experience of working with you. And this, as much as anything else, is the product you're giving them. Um, yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. And I, um, you're right. It is that when I first heard you say the the, the theatrical piece of it, it, it is a bit like that. And what you do is definitely going to impact the customer's perception on you. And I guess the the thing I take away from that is, and again, reflected in some people that I've seen, is that there are some people that are just good at design review because as, as design review, like leading a design review simply because they are more personable. Uh, as opposed to the 
ultra I mean, and again this is going to get stereotypical but i don't mean to be stereotypical but the, the individual who is who spends most of their their time you know working in a, in in the cubicle and not actually interacting with a lot of people and and they they may be able to fire off uh thousands of lines of code in a day and be the best troubleshooting debugging person you've ever met or the best electrical designer you've ever met however you put them in a room full of people and they just sort of sit there and and almost sulk a bit and say, well, why are you criticizing my design? My design's really good. Right. You know? And it's like, well, this is you interacting with your client or your end customers or whatever, you know, your beta testers. I mean, you need to be able to manage that. And it's funny because a lot of people that are excellent designers are horrible design review leads. Right. Oh, and that's so, something that, that served me well and... I think is, is is something I would recommend to anybody that's that's either a coming at it from a, a less technical you know if you're if your your if your career is bringing you from a sales or marketing or kind of a management role deeper into the technical side of thing or if you're coming from a a deeper you know closer to the metal technical job and moving out towards a more client facing thing is to find find that point where you're where you can kind of exist as a pivot between. The, you know, the person you're talking about, right? If, if someone does not like going in to be, to be reviewed, if they don't like the process, if they don't want to do it, and, and most importantly, if they recognize that they're not good at it, and if you guys can team up and work together so that, that you've, you've, you've found, I mean, so essentially we're taking this another step back. Like, so what's the design review before the review? What are the strengths and weaknesses of the individual inputs? And who, who should even be leading with any of these particular, uh, see, it's too bad this isn't a visual format because I'm doing some really awesome hand motions right now. Uh, <laughs> okay, but but you know who who should even be in that meeting? Who should be talking and uh, and go all the way down the stack with that so that you're not you don't end up in these situations where someone who essentially is really just not well suited for this ends up ends up doing it because I've seen that happen a lot and. And it's usually just because no one really thought about it that much. And if you talk about it afterwards, it was like, oh, well, that's obvious. Um. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think I, I'm not sure what other advice I could give to anyone that is going to do a leader design review of any kind. But I guess it is try and be as as, as nice and, and as positive as possible. And that's one of the reasons why I said earlier on, you need to, as a design lead, you need to be able to accept any and all feedback, no matter how frustrating or irritating that is because honestly if you don't then the consequences can be very bad and the higher up professionally you go in organizations then the more expensive the consequences so right. it's one it's one of those things you've got to look out for so that's that's the design lead side of it but the other side of it we've got to look at it from is the reviewer side and so many people go on about all oh, you know it's the designer's design and you know they've got to take care of all of that it's the, it's, it's their problem I, I used to see it that way when I was younger, but now I've been on both sides of the fence and it occurred to me uh, a while ago that people neglect the responsibility as a reviewer. And it kind of, as the older I'm getting, the more it irritates me because when you, someone gives you an invitation and says, I would like you to review this for me, please, yeah, you really need to respect that and say, you know, oh, thank you so much. I'm glad you value my opinion. Is there any area that you want me to look at? That sort of thing. Try and be useful. Try and be constructive. And because those are the sorts of review, I want to be the reviewer that people come to and say, you know what, I, I really appreciate your feedback. It was, you know, it was helpful. And they're not just saying it, they actually mean it. Yeah. And, and they, they get on board with your suggest, some of your suggestions. And, you know, and other times I've had people come back to me and say, you know, look, I agree with you, but... Yeah, we're restricted by this, 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 and this. And this has already been agreed in the contract, to which I'll say, hey, that's fine. I understand. It's no big deal. So I guess as a reviewer, the key thing to remember is it's so easy to be nitpicky when you're not the designer or, or worse than that, perhaps you're not a designer at all yourself. So people that aren't – I find this a lot with people that aren't, aren't engineers or aren't designers or programmers. They tend to – a lot of them tend to be very – very nitpicky about things. They're either they say nothing or they're really, really nitpicky. Mm -hmm. So I guess the the point is that you need to keep your feedback focused and relevant. And that's that's important. 
you need to respect the designer and their design wherever you can. Obviously, if something's completely in, screwed up and wrong, you have to tell them if you, you know, and explain why. But in the end, you need to be able to stand behind any of the feedback that you give. So you, know, you, you can't just, oh, this design is terrible. This is not the way I would have done it. You know, that's totally the wrong attitude. Yeah. You need to go in with, I respect this designer. They've put their work out there. I respect their design. Here's what I think could be done to improve on it right. or here's what I think is not working the way I would expect. And and frame it that way and be kind, all right? These are people, they're putting their work out there on display. You need to be nice about it. You can't just be a jerk. Um, I guess suppose... You know, karma being karma, eventually, perhaps if you are a jerk enough time to design as you'll stop getting asked to be a reviewer. You know, it, it, that reminds me of a few weeks ago, well, a couple months ago, actually, uh, a buddy of mine sent me a, a website to review and just, I don't know what made me think to do it, but I, I basically, rather than like type up a list or, or just describe it all, I just took a few different screenshots and, um, uh, and to set up uh, QuickTime, uh, the screen recorder on my Mac, and just recorded myself going through and talking about it. And uh, the two things that were really interesting is, is that I noticed is, one, um, as he commented afterwards, I I spent way longer on it than I thought I did. Uh, it was, like, maybe, like, 20 minutes. Like, it was a, a really, you know, decent bit of, of content, or, you know, it was, it was a good amount of time, and... Yet it felt much, and I know it actually was much, much shorter than it would have been had I had to like type it all up. So there was some immediate value I, I found there. But the, the flip side was that it made it very, very easy for me as a reviewer to essentially, you know, to to be kind while cutting, right? To to say here's what's wrong and here's why, and I know what you were trying to do here, but you you know you need to change this little bit about it, and essentially to to make it so that everything was was constructive all the way through. And I think you know the fact that essentially I was I mean I was using my voice to express what was going on, that and I could even use the the mouse on the screen to kind of to show you know basically draw the lines like I was pointing at it. And um, yeah, you really need to think about that almost like to me. I try to view it like you're. Essentially, you know, the the previous team just got hit by a bus and it's now your project, right? You, yeah, you now need to good, deal yeah. with it. So there's no point. I mean, there's never going to be a benefit to just tearing down what someone's done. If, if it's bad, I mean, if it is just objectively bad, you're like, ah, this is wrong. Then, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, they missed it. You know, they're, they're not just putting crap out here because they don't care. They they miss something. Someone hasn't been educated. Someone needs to read something, and just tell them. Just tell them then that here's here's what you need to do that's different, and here's why. And just giving that, always having it, you know, always spinning in the same direction, right? That you're you're just trying to get this wheel rolling better, and it's got some dents in it, but you're trying to get it uh, going the same way. And a lot of that can be. So much of that comes from your tone. So much of that comes from uh, the way you end your review, right? You can be incredibly critical all the way through, but if you end on an up note, just because of the way that we act and you know, the way our brains work as humans, if we pay way more attention to the ending of things than all the rest of it. Um, so you can be, you know, even, even if it's just a little stupid thing like saying, you know, at the end of every little bit of criticism, you say, yeah, so that's pretty good, but that's just basically the thing I would change. Or so, you know, so almost there, right? You almost got it. And always just peppering those things throughout just always takes that little bit of the sting out. Um, and it adds up because it's it's always painful. And if you're dealing with a younger designer, if you're dealing with someone that, uh, you know, let's be honest, just hasn't had enough time to really build up a thick skin, Um you could be making a real big difference in how they respond to you. Because if you push them over the line the other way, then it's going to be bad. Absolutely right. And yeah, I couldn't put it better. It's all about how you deliver it and showing that respect and delivering uh, constructive feedback. Because a good, litmus a good litmus test as to whether or not your feedback is personal or whether or not it's professional is to justify it. 
So if you cannot justify why you think it should be grey as opposed to pink, let's say, then if you can't justify it, then why should you give that as feedback? That's just that's just an opinion. You know, feedback is not all, and I say, oh, it's just an opinion. But feedback isn't just about an opinion. It has to be an opinion that's driven by an improvement. Right. Change for change's sake is pointless. Anyone can change something for change's sake, but you need to provide some kind of path and reason and rationale behind why you would change it the way you would change it. And and that's a good way of filtering out if something is valid feedback or not, in my opinion anyway. So just to quickly get back onto the, the list, we're almost done. And that is if you have got a group meeting and you've put the design out there a week ahead of time and you've been invited to it, for God's sake, if they've given you a week's notice, don't leave it to the night before the meeting or the day before the meeting to review it or worse than that, during the meeting. You know how many times I've seen people that have had one week, two weeks notice for a review that have come in and I've said, okay, so everyone's had a chance to review the documentation and the design and half the room put the say, oh, no, we haven't had time, we've been busy. Now, the same people, the very same people, if I had put it out the night before, would have put their hand up and say, oh, how dare you put it out the night before We not give us a chance to review it? It's frustrating as all hell. So as a, as a reviewer, it's your job because you were picked to do it. So don't just rush through your review. Take your time. You've been given some time. Use it. And if you're not going to do that and you're not going to give it time, then you shouldn't show up at the review. You shouldn't give any feedback because you don't deserve to. You need to put time aside for this. Yeah. Yeah, it's when, tri- it's yeah. Tri- it's tricky for um you know that decision that that valuing of this time, valuing of the process needs to happen um at a high level too. Uh oh, I guess that's I, true. I mean, you know, for for things like like you know say, you know, app beta reviews, you know, if you're or you know, if you're invited to be a beta tester for an app, I it's I guess we're going through I'm t- talking about some like, you know, this is Doing a good job at reviewing is such a job. Why aren't people getting paid for it? I just keep thinking. I mean, it's it's. Well, that's a good yeah. True. Yeah, I mean, like it, it. If you're in a company, and well, I guess you know you're getting paid anyways, right? So maybe it balances out there. But are you properly trained for it? Are you you know is the rest of your workload being adjusted to recognize it? It's because it is. It really is a a pretty intense thing to do if you're doing it right. Absolutely. And if you're, and this is the other thing that gets me about people that say, oh, I'd love to do a beta test of your app. And I asked myself a question before I put my hand up. When someone, like, for example, recently, a friend of mine on Twitter is doing up an application and sort of said, hey, anyone that wants to do a review on this, you know, let me know. And I, I sort of went back to him and said, look, you know, I, I don't feel like I can give it the time that it, I, it, I need to at the moment, but, you know, maybe, maybe in future months I might have some more time I'll be able to do that. I don't want to go and give someone uh, hope that I'm going to review something if I know I'm just too busy to do a good job of it. And to me, it's fairer to the designer to do it that way. It's unfair to say, sure, yeah, I'd love to see that. You have a look at it and you say, oh, that's kind of cool. Then you go back to Tweetbot or whatever and you just carry on your merry way. Um, If there is, just getting back onto uh, onto the the, the review meeting thing, if you're in an environment where there's a review meeting and – yeah, I think one of the things people need to appreciate, and this comes down to the whole paying attention and, 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 and taking it seriously, is distractions like phones and laptops and even side conversations. I've had people come to design reviews and they haven't spoken to someone in the room in six months. And it's like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. You know, what's been happening with the kids? What's been happening with the boat? Have you been going out on the lake? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, that's not really the time, guys. This is my design review here and I need your focus. Right. So... You know, whenever you're doing that, you're wasting everyone else's time and it reduces the overall effectiveness of the review. So you've got to respect it. And a lot of this comes back to being a good reviewer is to coming back to respect. Respect the time that's been put aside and, and so on. And obviously, that's all implicitly assuming that your manager or manager's manager has said, you have got a budget of X number of percent of your week for design reviews. Go do it. When you work for a large – for, for – um, design consultancies they will simply that'll be part of your mandate is you know you have allocated 20 percent of your every week for reviews 
and they'll allocate you to reviews. Well, as, as, a, as a senior engineer, I was allocated to uh, three or four different projects that I wasn't actually a designer on, but I was asked mm. to come in to do technical review on. So, you know, and you were allocated a portion of your week. So that you were getting, just getting back to your comment about, yeah, management have to buy into this. Uh, you know, from, from a company point of view, if you're, if you're a sole proprietor and you're selling your own app, that doesn't matter. It's only as important as you want to make it. And if you've got someone else, you're reviewing someone else's app for free, because <laughs> you know, it does take time and effort. Why don't you get paid for it? I don't know, but I guess it's a goodness of your heart thing, uh, friendship thing. You know, uh, and, and it can it can be a bilateral, it can be a bidirectional thing because a lot of software developers will get other software developers that they are friends with or become friends with to review their software for each other. Right. So it's kind of like you know, um, so Agile Bits might get um, Black Pixel to review some of their software and vice versa. You know, and uh, for beta testing, you know, and that that's great because then you know you get a feeling of everyone sort of sharing the review load. And you've got people that are good at what they do and recognize what they do in each company. And, yeah, it's meaningful, valuable feedback. And right. I think that that's, that's a good balance. It makes but, sense because very few, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you're, you're, you're rarely actually competing with your competition, right? I mean, you're, there's very few, I guess the flip side is, is there, there's a lot of, of resources out there to draw on inside uh, inside any community, whether it's uh, in you know iOS app developers or web developers, you know graphic design, you know, obviously you know people doing industrial design, you you can you can always do that. So I guess that that's that's one aspect of of or one approach to it. The other one, I, I think, is also something that would maybe just be maybe it's just in my experience with the the testing I've done is that again, it hasn't been really, really clear what the expectations are um, aside from just use the thing a bunch. And, you know, what, yeah. what, one app that I used, like basically my review was, uh, uh, I also won't name names. People know who this is. If they know me and my friends, it's, it's a calculator app. And my review is basically, uh, this is, this is good. It works well, make it more like a calculator that, you know, that's sitting on my desk. So I don't have to look at it because that's how I use the calculator. And I just had some comments about like, yeah, I would move this here and make this change. And that's literally it. I'm like, it's fine. Other than that, there's no other time I'll ever be using this thing. That's how I use calculators is because uh, I, you know, I, I got so used to using 10 key, cal you know, the 10 key on a, on a keyboard and I'm never looking yep. at it. So yeah. if I know where everything is, so for me, the most important thing is that the buttons are where I, my fingers feel they should be. Uh, yeah. And if anything else changed, it was, you know, it just was going to be. And also ran for me. And that was that was it. So for me, that's like literally, you know, there's no other point in having me involved there uh, because I'm just I don't feel I'm 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 not a user. That's just that's that's how I would use the thing. But on the other hand, like some other apps I've done that have been much, you know, more complex, uh, uh, you know, large scale applications that I don't think I would ever actually be able to go through and do intensive testing of all these things unless they were like real serious parts of my workflow. And maybe in that case, what's better is, is to simply just be, you know, and maybe it's what's meant a lot of times is that you're there to look for crashes. You're there, you know, you want to just get a lot of people on it so that you're going to find the edge cases. You're going to find these bugs that are going to pop up. So, uh, I, you know, I think it, it's, it's kind of like the focus, um, you know, the structure, for those individual review, for for a, a in person like a real review meeting, if you apply some of that same thinking to how you're doling out uh, your your app to your beta testers, so that maybe there's a group that really is meant to be hardcore users and they're really focused on uh, on the on every, you know a particular aspect of the app or a particular workflow, and then you know as you maybe you work out these concentric circles, you get to the point that are essentially it's just you know it is. You're just at throwing people at it so you can try to find bugs um, and you're fishing, uh, which is fine, you know, but that, you know, you know, which groups, which. Yeah, exactly. The, the other point, though, is if you're going to cast the net wide like that, then people that are reviewing it, the reviewer need to take it seriously. So if they, there's no good going back to a software developer in particular and saying, yeah, it crashed on me a few times. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, that really does not help in any way. At all. I mean, please, God, how did you get to that point where right. it crashed? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's remember. actually, yeah, that's a, 
yeah. working with um you know with any sort of software development uh, web applications whatever learning how to elicit that feedback the right way um you know b- developing a script that you work with people developing uh, you know a a pattern that you're running all the time uh helps so much because you you will hear that all the time is yeah it didn't work you yeah, know and uh, it's and it's real simple so helpful, yeah. what, what were you trying to do what did you do what did you expect to have happen what happened i mean go go look at apple's radar thing because it's pretty close to the right script um uh, yeah but uh yeah it's it's that's oh, frustrating it's, yeah. I once had feedback on on some uh, control problems we're having, and uh, the operator just dragged me into the room, and I'm like, okay, so um, what's going on? Well, I was just using it, and then it just crashed. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, what do you mean you were just using it? And he looks at me, and he waves his hands in front of me, and he's like, I was just using it. (laughs) Come on, John. I know. I I just can't. I feel like such a bad programmer. Anyway, okay, so final final point as a reviewer, and then we'll wrap this up, is be thorough with your review and your review comments because design is not easy. I don't care what field you're in. Design isn't easy. There are a lot of conflicting priorities. There's, there can be immeasurable amounts of complexity that's not visible to you as an end user. But you are asked to provide feedback as a, as a reviewer Onto, as input to the design. So you can actually make it a better end result, but you have to actually want to do that. So honestly, I think that the reviewer plays just as key a part as the designer in having a good outcome. So if you want to talk more about this, you can find John on Twitter at John Chigi, the same on app.net. And check out John's site, techdistortion.com. If you'd like to send an email, you can send it to john at techdistortion.com. I'm Ben Alexander, and you can reach me on Twitter at FiatLuxFM, or you can see show announcements and related materials by following the show account at Pragmatic Show on Twitter. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you.